Hi, and welcome to Pentecost Today Podcast. I'm your co-host, Steve Mancini, and as always, I'm joined by the Executive Director of Pentecost Today USA, Alicia Hartle. Alicia, welcome. Thank you, Steve. It's great to be here, and we are so excited to be joined by many from all across the nation, some from all around the world, and it's just it's a great joy to be with you. It's a great joy to serve you. We want to open up today's podcast episode in prayer, and so we invite you to join us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we magnify, bless, praise, and thank you, Father, for your great love, your unending love, your perfect love, your infinite love. And Father, we thank you for how you pour out your love through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and even now, Lord Jesus. We invite you to send your spirit to fall afresh on us, to fall afresh on our guests, to fall afresh on every one of our listeners. Jesus, that your spirit would be poured out upon us and move us, that we might do the will of the Father and we might bring you glory and honor and praise. And even now as we yield this episode to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we place ourselves in your presence. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Alicia, by the way, before we go on, I do want to mention something. You know, you mentioned our, our listeners, and I want to thank our listeners. You know, we have people from 40 different nations have downloaded and listening to this podcast. So, you know, this is just a perfect example of how technology can be used for good to spread the word, you know, to inform, educate folks, and, and continue to spread the message of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. So we want to thank our listeners from all over the world for, for tuning in and joining us. So again, thank you very much. We are humbled by the grace of the excitement and anytime you're listening and you say, you know, I'd like to learn more about that, or I have a question, please feel free to contact us. We want to hear from you. And even as you are joining us today, some of you may be tuned into our last episode, which was with Father Jill Freedy. And, you know, Father Jill in that episode shared just even from the perspective of priests looking out over parishes and seeing a need for the body of Christ to be awakened and set ablaze by the fire and the love and the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, that need was really exposed during our conversation. And today we want to talk about how the Catholic Charismatic Renewal is founded by the Holy Spirit. And not only that, but we have a special guest who is with us, joining us from New Orleans, the Executive Director of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal of New Orleans, Timmy McCaffrey. So, Timmy, welcome. Thank you very much. Good to be with you guys. Absolutely. Timmy, we, we kick off every episode with a quote from the Doctrinal Commission on Baptism in the Holy Spirit. So we'll unpack that a little more after we, after we hear more about who you are and your background in ministry. All right. Well, as you said, I'm the executive director of the Charismatic Renewal down here in New Orleans, and our office in New Orleans comes with a whole lot of history. Many people would know that uh, Alan Patty Mansfield ran our office for the better part of 50 years, uh, really going all the way back to um, around 1970. And obviously we're pioneers in the renewal. And so the, the office down here and just the, the movement down here in general 
really is a, is a regional thing. Um, it's not just kind of quote unquote restricted to our little city of New Orleans or whatever. Our archdiocese is a really large geographic footprint, and the from the earliest days, the the archdiocese wanted the charismatic renewal to be kind of under the umbrella of the archdiocese as an as an actual office of the archdiocese and kind of have an independent freestanding office just dedicated to the charismatic renewal and the spread of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's been that way ever since, which is beautiful. But I took over this office as, as executive director in, um, in August of 2021, kind of on the, kind of call it, I guess, some version of the, the tail end of, of the major part of the pandemic. And there was a lot of transition and change happening around our archdiocese and around our region and, of course, our nation, I guess, our world, too, at that point in time. And so it was kind of a fresh beginning. The Lord was clearly moving. I was, call it, gainfully employed um, as the director of youth and young adult ministry for our archdiocese here. Um, and I'd been doing that for a number of years. And the person who took over the, the renewal to kind of transition after Alan Patty decided to retire uh, was Deacon Larry Oney, who many listeners would know, of course. Um, he and his wife, Andy, great evangelists down here and around the nation, had transitioned, uh, the office wanted to kind of get some things kind of cleaned up and get a fresh look at things and asked if I'd be willing to take it over. And um, after prayers, it was pretty, pretty obvious. And the, the Lord moved pretty powerfully in that, in that time to kind of challenge and call me to, to do that, even though I was thoroughly enjoying my job at the time, just kind of working with our archbishop, with, with the young people in our archdiocese. But the renewals where my heart's been for, for the past couple of decades and really is, is how the Lord has always most powerfully shown himself to me and, and met me where I was and has always clearly shown me where he wanted me to be and what he wanted me to do. And so to, it was humble, humbling to, to receive that ask. And my wife and I and really our, our kids do, it's kind of a family ordeal in the end. Somebody says yes to something like that. You end up, the whole family says yes. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's, that's me right now over, over the last 25 or so years, really since, I guess even late high school, uh, I've always been involved in ministry in our archdiocese and in our region in different ways. Originally, of course, in, in youth ministry and things like that in different parishes around the around the city and, and around our archdiocese, doing different uh, retreat ministries and kind of helping parishes consult on uh, making their ministries more efficient and, and really discerning your parishioners' gifts, things like that. I did a lot of that kind of stuff during and after college, I guess. I uh, taught biblical theology at an all-boys high school, um, a Jesuit high school here in New Orleans. I taught there for a decade and did campus ministry and things like that. And then, as they say, the archbishop poached me from the high school, their archbishop's words and our principal's words, not mine, poached me from there to to do marriage and family life ministry and youth and young adult ministry and more things like that, of course, um, in and around the archdiocese. But yeah, I've been married for the last 13 and a half years to my lovely wife. Uh, Janae, and we have seven lovely kids, 12 and under, and that's the quick version. Well, that's not too bad, Timmy. That's actually pretty busy life for a guy that's pretty young, but I, but I will <laughs> say you threw, you threw a couple words out there, and you know what? It's very apropos for the, I'm going to read this quote, and then I want to come back to what, to you and what you've been doing. So the quote mm-hmm. out of the doctrine is, is actually a quote from Cardinal Sunans, and it says, the renewal is not a movement in the common sociological sense. It does not have founders, it is not homogenous, and it includes a great variety of realities. It is a current of grace, 
a renewing breath of the Spirit for all members of the church, lady, religious, priests, and bishops. It is a challenge for us all. Now, you've been, you talked about the renewal, you talked about your involvement, and you talked about how you were plucked out of that. Is there something unique that it has that you know that it has done for you that has put you in this position? Because it sounds like, from what I understand, those everybody has this capability, but you've seemed to have tapped into it, and you're you know you, this skill set, this you know the, this whole baptism of the Holy Spirit that you've received the Spirit is being leveraged now, and, and you're only a lady, so kind of talk about that a little more. Sure, yeah, I I would say um, you know there's a sense in which it's always a for me, it's always interesting to describe it as a, a charism or a gift, but even St. Paul says it. I think, I think too frequently we consider, when we think about the renewal, and this is, this is part of, I think, what the Cardinal's getting at when we talk about it as a movement, and in what sense we define that term movement and, and how we talk about what it means to be a movement. You know, in, in our society, we hear movement and we think of something political or sociological or even secular, or even in the business world. We, we hear about the gift St. Paul talks about of administration, right? And I remember the first time someone brought up to me and they said, have you, have you ever prayed about this charism of administration? Uh, you've got a unique perspective on things, the way you look at things. And my, my wife will tell me it's a blessing and a curse sometimes, but I'm absurdly analytical. And I would, I would say that I have a very math brain, a logic brain, my philosophy degrees and all that kind of stuff. But my, I would say before the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which was uh, January of 2003. Before that, I was good at writing papers and I was good at reading books and finding the things I needed to find and good at finding answers to problems and things like that. Now, after the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you know, people will always describe their different, the different phenomena that occur to them. And, you know, the, we hear the, the not to be ever scoffed at, of course, or downed, but like obviously the very common things of scripture coming alive, just this hunger for church teaching and truth and, uh, and joy and things like that. And, and those things were there, but I, I think one thing that I experienced and, and kind of sought some spiritual direction on this at the time was, was this charism of administration is, is kind of how I eventually termed it. But, um, I was seeing things in a different way, if that makes sense. And I think, I think any of us who desire to please the Lord, desire to serve his majesty, I think after baptism in the Holy spirit, you're, you don't just desire it. I would, I would say that you're, you're hungry for it. You starve to just serve the Lord and, and grow his people and, and grow the church and spread the truth and evangelize. And you're going to ask him how he wants you to do that. You know, and I think for me, the way that, that showed up was, was, yeah, I, like I said, I was going about the quote unquote career of, of theology and, and ministry. And at the time it was, it was teaching, um, which is, something I always thoroughly enjoyed and always wanted to do. But even in that was um, kind of analyzing things very frequently and trying to make things better on a larger scale where I was and then any other ministries I was involved in. And I think, you know, I think when we're, when we're saying yes to the Lord and we're putting ourselves at his disposal as truly and fully as we can, he works with that. And he surprises us with the ways that he ends up having to supply those, those gifts and talents that he gives us, or sometimes oftentimes by showing us, applications of those gifts and talents we didn't think were possible or even existed, but also even, I think, tapping into those gifts and talents almost for us um, more fully than we, we ever could ourselves. To me, it's it's beautiful to hear how you just kind of unpack the statement that Steve read. And I think it's critical for us to always look to the Holy Spirit as the founder 
of this current of grace that we receive through the Catholic charismatic renewal. Um, and, and even in, in seeing that there is, there is a movement that is for the whole church, uh, every baptized Christian, which is extraordinary, just in seeing that this is, this is for all who are in Christ, that the life of Christ and the fullness of life in, in the Spirit can be made manifest. Just glorious. But I love something that you, you just shared in your own testimony, how you, you're sharing that someone else in the body of Christ pointed out to you and highlighted for you this gift and this charism of administration that you then prayed with, sought the Lord, held before the Lord, and then cultivated even seeking the Lord. And it's just beautiful to see how that has built up the body of Christ in your work on an archdiocesan level and now in the renewal office. It's just beautiful to see that. Um, Timmy, we would love to hear how you first received the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit and what, what that was like for you. Sure. Um, I, I was, like I said, I, well, I didn't quite say it this way. I, I've always been, always been Catholic. Uh, my, my mother is pretty purely Italian Catholic and my father is pretty purely Irish Catholic made for a wonderful mixing in a household but one thing that one thing that was never negotiable when we were growing up was was the faith and you know we went to mass on sundays and those things and we and holy days and then we we did the the seasons of lent and advent and and fasted the right ways and things like that you know but and and i went to catholic school from the age of three until i graduated high school and but for a couple of years at the beginning of college where I went to a local state school, I ended up in Catholic university for uh, undergrad and grad school in the end too. So, you know, the, the Catholic faith was just always surrounding me. And in New, New Orleans, for all of its misgivings, is in its roots a very Catholic place as well. And so there's no lack of Catholicism around us. It's uh, very normal to just be doing the things of the faith, at least the basics. And in high school, I, you know, I, I joined my parish youth group. They told me there would be girls and that we could play football. And so I, I joined the youth group. This was in seventh grade. And after a couple of years, I had just gotten very, very involved in everything the youth group was doing and the, the spiritual side of the things, too. And I was tapped with a couple of my friends by our pastor to take on more of a leadership role in our youth group. And so over the next few years, as we kind of closed down high school and even began college, we just, me and these couple other guys, we just really started enjoying doing ministry, you know, and, and, and having innocent fun in the name of the Lord and things like that, and encouraging uh, younger high school students and middle school students as well to kind of join us in doing that and growing our youth group and working with other youth groups and other parishes around the city. And we were doing kind of archdiocesan core team kind of things and all that. And just it became everything we were doing, um, leading different retreats for a lot of groups. A lot of schools would call us and just ask us if we could come help them with retreats and things. And, and it was, the faith was for me at that time, late high school, early college, the faith was clearly what I wanted to do. And it was also fun. It was just fun and enjoyable and joyful and counter to a, a lot of the culture around us, but, but what we were choosing and what I was choosing. But I would say very clearly and distinctly, even in that, in doing ministry. I mean, we were doing retreats sometimes three weekends uh, of the month, and we were seniors in high school and freshmen in college, and we were leading these weekend retreats. We were doing a lot, and I, I think it was a lot of good, um, and we were having a lot of fun, like I said. But I, 
I don't know that even in doing all that, that I knew Jesus. Right. And I, I went on um, a trip to world youth day in Toronto in the summer of 2002, the charismatic renewal of new Orleans was the one group from new Orleans who led a trip. And it was a very large group. It was over a hundred people. It was only 18 and over. They, they brought a group of like 18 to 30 year olds, young adults, properly speaking. And our Archbishop at the time, Archbishop Alfred Hughes had, had contacted a few pastors and asked them um, if they could help sponsor certain leaders in their parish to go. And, and I was one of those. And so I went, it was the first time I had ever done anything with the charismatic renewal, even though this was kind of tangential, they were just leading this trip. It was the first time I had ever done anything with the renewal in any formal way at all. And I had plenty, plenty of friends on the trip of just people who I knew who were in ministry around the diocese and things like that. And we, we, that trip was, was life-changing. First of all, it was John Paul II's um, final world youth day and just being there and experiencing the church in that way with a couple million of my closest friends. Right. Um, and of course the Holy father was, um, was awe inspiring to say the least words don't really do that justice. We came back from that trip though. And a couple of my buddies who had asked me many times over the years to join a, join them. The charismatic renewal has always had this Sunday night, um, youth prayer meeting that still meets today, but has met now for the better part of 40 years. And they'd asked me oh, time and time again to go, but if you're doing ministry in different parishes and stuff, Sunday is a day when you don't really have a lot of time. So I wouldn't go. And we come back from this trip and they said, you got to come now, you know, come join us. And, and so I went with them to this charismatic renewal youth prayer meeting for the first time ever. And I was like, I mean, it really just to be, to be frank, my immediate reaction was, this feels like home. This is great. <laughs> it's joyful. Uh, there, I, I know all this music already. I like it. Um, they're praying a little differently, but okay. Um, not too much that I haven't totally seen before, I guess. And fine. And I kept going to that. And I went to that prayer meeting for five months. I started going as well in the meantime to CCR, CCRNO, the Charismatic Middle New Orleans, CCRNO's um, weekly adult prayer meeting that they were having as well um, on Wednesday nights, which we still have. And that's where I really truly encountered, I would say, more proficiently, the, the Charismatic Renewal. And I went on in January, the first weekend of January that year. Um, their youth retreat. I went as a young adult. I was in college at the time. And I went as a young adult, even as one of the team members, they asked me if I would help you and be on the retreat team. And I said, sure. And I had never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, mind you. And on that retreat, the way they would do it each year is, uh, and this is, this retreat had over 600 um, high school students on it from around the region. And being on the team, all of my friends were telling me, just kind of come to the tracks we're coming to and, you know, you'll enjoy, you'll have fun. But the tracks they were going to were growth in the spirit. Um, if you had never been before, which is mostly like a lot of these, you know, high school freshmen and eighth graders and ninth graders or whatever, 10th graders, I guess, if you had never gone, you would go to the life and the spirit seminar, which is the entire day on Saturday, essentially. So my choices were um, go the entire day on Saturday, really not be with any of my friends at all, uh, or, you know, go hang out with them and go to the growth in the spirit stuff, which is going to be great too. But I was like, no, listen, I'm here. I'm going all in. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give the Lord a chance and, uh, just do it the right way. And I went to the Life in the Spirit seminar, and that's where I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I came off that retreat, first of all, um, <laughs> I will say that that evening after the after the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and we've rejoined everybody with dinner and all that, and we come back and 
had a night of adoration and prayer ministry. I had never encountered the Lord like that before. In those moments in adoration, it was there was it was like some some veil had been lifted, and there was this open line of communication that had not been there before. And I spent the next few months just earnestly seeking to to quote the scriptures, kind of earnestly striving for the spiritual gifts. And I was, I think, initially intrigued by the spiritual gifts and and St. Paul's words and what I was witnessing in others. But but after I personally experienced baptism in the Holy Spirit, that that phrase current of grace really does make sense to me looking back. That's what it was. The Lord was just washing over me with the current of grace. And if you think about a current in the waters, you don't necessarily encounter every single every single aquatic being, you know, in the waters as they wash over you um, at the same time, but you encounter them all eventually as, as you are in the waters and they continue to wash over you. New things come with the current each time it, as it waves through, right? And it was, it was kind of like that for me that, you know, the Lord was letting me see what these things were and, and, and the workings of the Holy Spirit and, and how, um, how he would fruitfully um, manifest himself and move in those ways through people who were working and moving in the, in those different gifts and charisms and and he wanted me I could I could tell at the time he wanted me to to yearn for them and to to seek them and and to seek his gifts because he wanted to give gifts to me and it was a very real encounter of the Father as well not just of quote unquote just of of, of Christ in the Eucharist and um, and the Son and you know over those next few months. It was it was all of those things we hear from people. I I think I read the Bible cover to cover like three or four times in in a couple months. It was one of those things where I would just read the Bible for hours <laughs> when I would come home from school or work and stay up through the night doing things like that. And um, you know, if we're blessed in New Orleans with a number of perpetual adoration chapels all over the archdiocese, and we have been for many years. And I spent a lot of time in adoration, just list trying to listen to the Lord and hear His voice. And of course, I. I became what I what I referred to at the time as a prayer meeting junkie. I would just go to a prayer. I, w- I found a prayer meeting. It's like five or six nights a week. I would just go to them. Um, and this is part of seeking seeking the gifts. You know, I was uh, all of uh, the zeal and vigor of a of a, a twenty year old, um, twenty twenty one year old at the time um, was was applied to going to prayer meetings. Essentially, which is, is funny, but uh, but was completely true. And I, I would bring people with me. I'd bring some of the youth group people with me, or bring some friends with me, or ask people who hadn't gone to those things before to come with me and I'd be going to these different things all over the city. And, and, you know, at the time, that's just where I could tell the Lord really cultivating in me. I could feel the Lord really cultivating in me simultaneously, just a hunger and a joy, a joy to be experiencing him in this way, a joy to be, um, the joy of kind of, I guess you could say of almost being infused with, or I guess filled with clothed with, the tools one might need to to serve him in the ways that he's truly created them to serve, right? I, I've, in all these years of doing ministry before that, um, I had never felt that equipped, right? It was it was like the the kind of little little small chains and tongues and bungee bungee cords of the of the world that would prevent me from serving him most fully or spreading the word most fully. Those were those were gone. Those were gone and. And he was able to really move um, in, in the ministry that I was I was a part of at the time, and, and I loved that. It was beautiful. It was it was joyful, and, and to be honest, it was fulfilling. I, we we always say 
you know, oh, you know, we don't, we don't serve the Lord just to be fulfilled, but we do in some ways too. And the Lord wants us to be fulfilled. Um, I, I think, and that was, that was part of that for me at the time as well. I had been going through the motions in doing ministry things. Um, I was plugged in, I was connected. I'm, I'm sure the things that we were doing were good. I, I don't, I don't doubt that the Lord used those things, but, but after that, it was on fire. There's no other way to say it. Timmy, it was me, completely on fire. Go ahead. Let me ask you a question. A couple of things here come to yeah. kind of mind. Um, number one, a lot of people, there are a lot of devout Catholics out there, and they, they pray earnestly, you know, they go to, you know, Eucharistic adoration, they pray the rosary every day, but they don't get the experience of this joyful kind of like, holy cow, you know, I'm going to kind of jokingly say, it, almost that Protestant experience. I've got this personal relationship, hallelujah, I'm going to go out there and, and convert, you know, everywhere all over the world. Are they just not asking for it? Why would not all devout people be given this gift like what do you think the reason is or do they think, have it I not know it, do they have it and they don't know I, I think there's a little bit of a both and there i think there are folks certainly who have that and don't know I, I do think that's real and i've seen that before particularly in people who have really always been in the faith and and very purely and they didn't have some big um kind of straying away story or whatever a lot of those folks really do have that and don't quite know and i do think I do think the experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit awakens that many, many times, um, or can can be the the mode, the modus, right, that God uses to awaken that in them. However, I think I think very often the the I use the phrase going through the motions. I don't totally mean that negatively. Um, a few moments ago, but going through the motions for me in that sense just means kind of doing all the right things, um, and and it's it's habitual and that's good. But I think what you said a moment ago, the the phrase you said and you know, we can, yeah, kind of jokingly say that say in, in the Protestant way, but I think if I apply that to myself at the time, a faithful Catholic, um, I would say that I, it was not personal in that sense. My faith was personal for me, yes, but not the personal encounter with the person of Jesus. It wasn't, it wasn't this love relationship. And I think that's, that's what the baptism in the Holy Spirit stirred up for me. And, and in looking at the folks I've worked with in ministry, folks that I've helped through baptism in the Holy Spirit, or just other folks that I've worked with in other kinds of retreats and things like that, that's what I've seen most commonly, that they, they, they're doing all the things, but they're not, quote-unquote, getting as much out of it or having that kind of experience. So, and I think it's that. So real quick, then, are, are we, when these people are going into this, are you giving them an expectation of like, hey, come in here and this is— you know, there, I don't want to say there's going to be an aha moment, but is there like an expectation that, hey, I'm going to have this aha moment or is a gentle kind of, a you know, a ascension? I mean, what would someone expect? If I said, you know what, Timmy, I want to get involved with this charismatic, and it's kind of like me, but I'll just say someone down in New Orleans says, I want to get involved in this. I want to, I want to feel this. And they go there. Are they going to have this aha moment or is it, you know, is it kind of, it depends? What do you, what do you tell them in other words? Especially if the expectations are too high. For sure. And they can be, right? And I think the expectations, particularly amongst young people, but but for a lot of folks who encounter the renewal for the first time by maybe having been invited to a prayer meeting or to a retreat or a conference, especially a retreat or a conference, which is you're being invited basically like to this mountaintop, right? (laughs) To this mountaintop experience. Um, You're going to be hit with seeing that right out the gates. And it's, you know, the, the, the thought can be like, I'm supposed to experience it in that exact way. And the, the way I would phrase it to, to folks and the way I say it to people is the Lord wants you to encounter him and he wants to be with you 
in a way that you've never quite encountered him before, in a way that you don't know that he's been with you before. He wants to open your eyes, your mind, and your heart to being with you in a new way. And when he does that, you're gonna, you're, you might act in a different way, you might, you might feel it in a different way, but you're going to feel peace and you're going to feel joy. You might express it in a different way, et cetera, and we're all going to do that, and that's fine. But the Lord wants to introduce himself to you in a way that he hasn't before and in a way that you haven't experienced it before, and that's going to change you. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah, you know, I think, Timmy, I, I want to read a quote um, very briefly that the U.S. bishops released in 1997. It's one of the most beautiful reflections on the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit. But, Timmy, I'd love, if you if you can, if, if you've heard and you can share just that picture of milk, the chocolate milk kind of analogy <laughs> that that really gives people the picture after I share this quote. I think that that's something that, for me, it was something that was an aha moment of, oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> there's a stirring <laughs> up of the graces that's taking place. But so U.S. bishops, 1997, released this statement, and it, I think it's critical as we talk about this and as we kind of wrestle with what does this mean for those who are, have been baptized, you know, cradle Catholics, living lives that are prayerful, that are, you know, sacramentally engaged. And, and this, is, this is the statement. So it says, In the sacraments of initiation, we experience the action of the triune God. As regards the third person of the Trinity, in baptism, we become temples of the Holy Spirit. In the Eucharist, we share in the body and blood of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, in confirmation, we are empowered with the gifts and charisms of the Spirit to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. In this statement, we want to not only affirm the good fruit of the Catholic charismatic renewal, but also the grace which is at the heart of this renewal, namely baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is the fuller release of the Holy Spirit. So, Timmy, I'll, I'll hand off to you. I think that's that statement coming from the U.S. bishops, it, it goes on. It's beautiful. There's a pastoral encouragement. It goes on to say, we believe baptism in the Holy Spirit is a normative part of Christian life, which is extraordinary and beautiful. But I think for that to really hit home, maybe this picture can help. So, Timmy, are you able to share with those who are tuning in just that picture of chocolate milk? Of course, yeah. Um, well, that's a that's a powerful statement, and I think I think people can be puzzled by that phraseology, right? The, the fuller release of the Holy Spirit. I think that's one question. You know, I run in a lot of these circles with theologians, and they don't always like that language. <laughs> They'll say, you "See, let's not get into semantics." We do that a lot as Catholics, right? There's nothing more Catholic than distinction. <laughs> They'll say sometimes, but uh, I think analogies help us, right? And that the chocolate milk analogy is a classical one that of happy memory Father Harold Cohen, a great pioneer of the charismatic renewal, used to use all the time for decades. And he would say, you know, that we think of, you know, yes, you received the Holy Spirit in baptism. Yes, you received the Holy Spirit in, in confirmation in your Christian initiation, right? And, and the analogy he would say is that the Holy Spirit is, is like chocolate syrup poured into a glass of milk. And, and any good American child has poured that bottle of Hershey's syrup into that glass of cold white milk to watch it just settle at the bottom, right? And you have this big clump of chocolate at the bottom, which is wonderful and all, 
but it hasn't quite permeated the milk, you know, and, and hasn't hasn't changed and transformed the milk. And he would say that the Holy Spirit is like chocolate syrup that's poured into the glass. It goes to the bottom until it's stirred up. But once it gets stirred up, right, it transforms the milk. As I said a second ago, it permeates. I don't like that word. Permeates the milk and it changes it into something new, into a new thing. And then when you drink that milk, right, the whole thing tastes like that chocolate that was once at the bottom, right? And then that's it. So he would say baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is the stirring up of all the, and this is the way of saying that it's not a new sacrament, right? It's the stirring up of the graces you've already received that you haven't quite been able to tap into. Maybe maybe experiences in your life, maybe circumstances around you have prevented you from experiencing the graces you already have. This, this storehouse of graces the Lord's poured into you through your baptism and through your confirmation, right? This call of your Christian baptism, this great ability to to witness to the ends of the earth, even unto death, to to the Lord and his truth and his church that we receive in confirmation, right? I, I find using the chocolate milk analogy, particularly when speaking to confirmed adults, does hit home because the the, the constant I feel like it's 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 so repetitious in the Western world, the the constant repeat of people who have been confirmed is I don't really remember my confirmation or I didn't really feel anything. I don't really know what happened or the bishop made my forehead smell and then he slapped me or whatever, like these kinds of things, but it didn't change me. It didn't do anything. I didn't feel different. It was like Catholic graduation. And for many people it was, and that's okay. Uh, it, it's okay to say that if that's what it was, but that doesn't mean nothing happened and it doesn't mean you weren't changed and it doesn't mean you weren't empowered by the Lord um, with his strength and grace to change the world. The baptism of the Holy Spirit stirs up what might have sunk to the bottom, so to speak, when you were baptized and confirmed. And maybe you haven't been able to see down at the bottom of the glass, right, since then, because there's been lots of things, we'll call them, in your life that has clouded your vision to the bottom where the Lord really has poured his grace into you. And the experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit stirs up that chocolate syrup to turn us into the chocolate milk, right? No, oh, that's fantastic. I love that analogy. Jimmy, unfortunately, our time is almost up. And this is, you know, this is a great interview. And, you know, I, I hope when people are listening to this, as we kind of do this podcast, we're trying to give all of these experience from people to show that this is real. It is transformative. It will change your life if you open up and give it a chance. You know, even even though I kind of talked about it in different shows, where I said, well, I'm kind of still on the path, but a little farther back, even I can tell you that things are different. That's kind of when I asked you, you know, hey, do people expect, you know, the aha moment, or is it going to be a you know, gradual ascension? And I do think it, it depends. And it was something else you had said that really struck me is that hunger. I've never, in, in the, especially I would say the last six months to a year, I've never had a, a greater desire to want to be closer and to read the Bible than in my entire life. And so, you know, I look at that and I go, I, I know something's happening, but it's not on my time when that will happen. It's on God's time ultimately at the end of the day. He's going, he is, you know, the one that's going to shape us and whatever he needs to shape us in. And then kind of something else that you'd mentioned, God doesn't want us to just get on our hands and knees and not give some kind of reward for following his way. He will bless us, and, and it's not mm-hmm. a life of having to be unhappy, miserable. It can be a life of joy, despite the things that go on here on the earth, which is fallen. We, we are sinners. Everything that you see going bad is the result of people's decisions. 
That's the free will. It's the permissive will of God to allow us to make our own decisions. And the result of that is what we see on the earth. And therefore, there's never going to be happiness because we are not perfect and we're going to continue to stumble. But as long as we, I like to say, keep our eyes on the prize the best we can, you know, that's where the real joy in life is going to come because you're going to know, hey, there's something greater than this. There's something beyond this. And so I hope people kind of take that to heart that you may not go in there and get that aha moment. Everything is great. Hallelujah. It might happen. But, you know, the, the real reality is, is I'm, I'm guessing that probably doesn't happen for most folks. And with that being said, though, Timmy, I want folks to be able to get a hold of you, learn more about the work you're doing. So tell folks that are listening, how can they get a hold of you? How can they learn more about you and the work that you're doing? Sure. So the, the quick way for, for, for anybody who wishes to, first of all, you can just go to the Charismatic Renewal of New Orleans website, which is very simply ccrno.org, ccrno.org. And there you can find all the like about info, our team and all of that. And my contact information is there for anybody who would want to get in touch with me or simply have a call and ask some questions or an email or whatever. So that's, that's a quick way to do it. Same thing. You can follow CCRNO on Facebook and Instagram and uh, those kinds of places were all there. So that's the easy way to say it. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. And Alicia, I always yeah. want to say real quick yeah. for folks that are listening, ccrno.org, but also pentecosttodayusa.org. We're also out there to offer a lot of resources, and we're going to help connect you to some of these guests. If you've been listening to them and you enjoy them, you can reach out to us through our website at pentecosttodayusa.org, or as Timmy said, you can go out to ccrno.org. Thank you so much, Stephen. Timmy, before we, we end, we want to invite you. You are, you are one of our newest board members newly elected at our annual meeting so we welcome you to the board of Pentecost Today USA and I know you were there at the national leaders meeting in Kansas City at Jesus 2023 and there was such a sweet grace that the Lord poured out such a holy anointing and I think even to some of the questions Steve has been asking, that grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everyone who has been baptized, and all of, all of the grace of really the work of the Holy Spirit to invite us to expectant faith, that when we pray with expectant faith and when we ask, we will receive. <laughs> and and that's, yeah. that's for everyone, this, this grace of expectant faith, this grace of living in the fullness of life and the Spirit in deep relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and and exercising the charismatic gifts for the building up of the body of Christ. It's just, it's a sweet grace that really b- brings to life everything that the Lord has already given to us, and, and the Lord pours out even more upon us as we enter into that zeal to serve and that, that joy and that fullness of of really fulfillment in the Lord and tasting the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So Timmy, we, we would be humbled. Um, many who are listening are renewal leaders, some for decades pouring out to share this grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit, to share the grace of cultivating the charismatic gifts and life in the spirit through prayer meetings. And so uh, Timmy, we just, we would love for you to, Pray for those who are joining us, regardless of where they are in their journey. Amen. Absolutely. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. You tell us in the Psalms, Lord, that you are enthroned on the praises of your people. Lord, make your throne 
rest as king, as master, as lord, as lover, as friend, as savior. Rest on the praises of your people, of those listening, Lord, particularly of those on those who are who are praising you, don't always know why, who are praising you and aren't sure where to go next, who are praising you simply as an outcry to their father who they love. Lord, make your throne, make your throne room, your resting place on our praises, Lord. And we praise you, Lord, and with humble hearts, we praise you for the gifts we've been given. We praise you for the spirit stirred up within us, Lord God. We praise you for the fruits you've borne, those that we've seen and not seen, particularly from the ministries that we, we've done, we've been a part of, we've orchestrated, Lord. I pray in a particular way right now, Lord, and praise you for uh, the leaders of the Charismatic Renewal over the last 50 years, Lord God, over 50 years. Um, we thank you and praise you for we, we stand on the shoulders of those giants and uh, we, we humbly learn from their awesome love and their joy for you, Lord God. And I pray that this day in some particular way, in their hearts, in their minds, in their prayer, and in their day, that you would show them that you honor their work, that you love and you value their work, that you as a father are thankful for their work. And Father, I pray that you would pour forth your blessing upon each and every one of us, connected all over the world. Anybody who hears these words, Lord God, I pray that you would bless us, Lord, that you would fill us with your love, your fatherly presence, and ignite in us a new fire this day to serve you, to serve your people, and to bring everyone with us to your kingdom, Lord. In your most holy name, the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank, thank you, Timmy, again. Appreciate your time today. And once again, Leisha and I want to thank our listeners literally from all over the world. So we want to say thank you. Leisha, we, we, you and I joked the last time about trying to say thank you in every language. So, you know, I always uh, I like to do uh, Tagalog because I have familia in uh, the Philippines. So I say, Salamat po, perinos ti ascoltatori in Italia, grazie mille. And Alicia, I know you speak a few languages. Give us a thank you in one of those languages because I'm sure we have listeners. Vielen Dank. Wir brauchen... I put you on the spot, Deutsch. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I'm like, oh. I would have just so said, Danke Shane. <laughs> I was going to say, it was about 20 years ago that I studied German, so. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. But again, we want to thank you all. And for more information, please go out to PentecostTodayUSA.org for information on our organization, for free resources, and again, to catch other podcasts you may have missed, learn more about the speakers that have been on the shows up to date. And again, thank you very much, and we look forward to joining you again next week. 